Good evening, everyone! Welcome to the third Culture of Spluff podcast. So, while we get Rod and Josh in here, what are we going to be talking about this week? We've got uh, some, some travel disasters that we'll be chatting about. Let's get Rod in here. All right, Rod's coming in. We're going to talk about some travel disasters. I know this week with Christmas, everybody's traveling, so why not have a few travel disasters? I just wasn't here. I kind of, right. kind of like the new Rod Bradley lighting. I'm not going to lie. You might have to travel more often, Rod. Yeah. Maybe I can just take some of this home with me. There you go. There you go. If that is a hotel, I don't recommend it. Yeah. If it's family that you're staying with, though, then, I mean, whatever. Nah, it's okay. You, you can be the least favorite cousin. It doesn't matter. You know, that's probably a, a badge of honor to be the least favorite cousin. It, it probably is. You know, I tell my wife in the Christmas spirit that if you don't have a cousin Eddie in your family, I got bad news. You are the cousin Eddie of your family. That's that's the news. Although some of us got several cousin Eddies in our family. Yeah, we can we can name the cousin Eddies from both sides of our family. Josh, how are you doing today? Great, go, man. I'm a little a little sad. I'm a little depressed tonight. Why are you a little depressed tonight? Because a catalog that I look receiving every month as an adolescent has announced that they are closing their doors. Yeah, it's a dark day. Oh, they quit publishing those things months ago. Oh, you're talking about the, the East Bay one. Not, yeah, that's my bad. That's my bad. Hey, hey, that was the catalog that we all look forward to receiving every knowing that we couldn't afford anything in it. But it would be so much fun to see everything that maybe one day we would be able to afford. Oh, big time. I'm sure you, uh, like me, we would take them to school and we would just be looking over the catalogs like, oh, man, that's it right there. Absolutely. I did order my uh, my strength my strength shoes from there, if y'all remember those. I do. <laughs> I do remember those. So you were a basketball was your favorite sport, East Bay catalog receiver. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, I was too. Even though even – though, Okay, so I played basketball. I've never never really shared that. <laughs> but I did play basketball. It wasn't my favorite sport, but that's what I told the East Bay people because that's what kind of merch I would have bought, right? Um, I never got the shoes, though, that you had. Man, they were awesome. I used them so much that I could play two-on-two, three-on-three in them. And maybe I can still touch the rim to this day at 45 years old. Who knows? I don't know if I can still touch the rim, I, but uh, but again, I didn't have the shoes. I had a two by four that my daddy cut, and I did my did my my little uh, calf raises there. So. so, so when are we gonna do the live of of Crago attempting to touch the rim? Attempting. <laughs> yeah, attempting. We're calling the old bullhorn, Crago. <laughs> You don't have a video on the culture of Splife reels, TikTok, Instagram, whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't exist. All right. It doesn't matter. If you miss, we'll cut away to uh, the uh, a scene from White Man Can't Jump with Billy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Yeah. After the show, uh, circa May 2022. <laughs> yeah. May 2022. I don't know. This is this is almost 2023. The last Culture of Splife podcast in 2023. I should say, or 2022. Sorry, we're going into 2023. All right. All right. Let's 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 talk about this week. This week it was cold, wasn't it, guys? It was. It was very cold indeed. It was. It was. Cold. 
cold. Everything was frozen. Florida was frozen. That should sell you how bad the rest of the U.S. was. Although, if you were on the east coast in the far north corner, actually on the ocean, I don't think it got cold until probably now because you're just getting our aftermath, right? But it was cold here. It caused all kinds of travel nightmares. Oh. Then, of course, we had Southwest Airlines wet the bed today with some more travel nightmares. So uh, how many flights total were canceled, Rod? You gave me that number. As of this morning, it was over 2,600. I mean, it could be close to 3,000 at this point right now. And, and Josh, like you were saying, the earliest anybody's getting out is like Friday. And I saw him talking about on the news earlier that some people, it's like after New Year's. So, I mean, you, you talk about nightmare. Yes. Look. I am flying on Southwest Airlines the last week of January. So this crap better be straightened out by then. So at Calling that rate, you out, Southwest Airlines. So at that rate, we might have everybody that's canceled right now actually on a flight. Yeah, yeah. But I need to be my January, last week of January flight actually needs to leave last week of January. I've got to wake up at 1 a.m. to catch that flight. So it better be on time. Just saying gonna be angry it's gonna be called andrew airlines after this if it isn't unless the program gonna be southwest Express stays across the country again you know <laughs> so even if it doesn't get me out it's probably still not the worst travel experience that i've ever had in my life let's talk about that for a minute guys what are our worst travel experiences i think I think Rod has been very quiet on this in our in our pre-game meetings. <laughs> I don't know what Rod's worst experience is. Oh, man. So, Rod, tell me your worst travel experience. It was March of this year. So, we know my oldest daughter is a basketball player, does a lot of national competitions, wins them. So, we're, we're always traveling. So, it was the Southeast Regional Championship for shooting. And so we had to go to Valdosta. So rented a car that's supposed to be a five-hour drive. And we're on a time, I mean, we're on a time crunch to get there because we have to get there at like 5.30 for registration and all the little ceremonies they do uh, the, the night before. And we leave out early in the morning. But the thing about this, uh, this, this weekend or that Friday that we did it is – we had severe weather like across the entire southeast. So literally it was a torrential downpour in Birmingham when we left. We end up going through a couple of tornado warnings, three different severe thunderstorm warnings, and a torrential downpour from Birmingham to the hotel in Valdosta. So that trip, instead of being five hours, was like seven hours. And so I'm driving seven hours in thunderstorms, hail, and torrential downpours. That was, like, ridiculous. And then can you imagine, well, for one, I have a my, – my, my oldest is afraid of storms, and then I also have a, a, another one that's, like, a seven years old in the back. And can you imagine driving for seven hours through a storm, like, the entire time with that? It was just – it was bad. I mean, like, we got there at, like, 5.15, and we had to get there at 5.30, and we started the trip at, like, 9 a.m. So, so, so the question is, at what point did you actually turn down the radio? Because whenever you're in a storm, you have to turn the radio down. So, so at what moment did you turn the radio down? Hold on. Just about to say – Daddy, why is the radio on? And then you said that. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, my, now, now, school teacher wife, Stickler, she literally brought the weather radio, and she had it in the passenger seat the entire trip. So we had the ra weather radio going the whole time. That is A-OK, -okay, but I am not Shout out to James to, Spann. I'm not listening to anything but James Spann in this, in this moment. I am, I am stuck on weather or nothing I, I think we went through the entire trip with his suspenders off oh <laughs> oh and then figures she she lost in a heartbreaker she got second place and we did all that and, and we 
didn't get the result we wanted. All that for naught, yeah. right? Brutal. <laughs> All right. All right, Josh. I feel bad because I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you've shared this story with me, Josh. I'm, I'm almost 90% certain that you've shared, but I don't, I don't remember it. It's, it's very good. It's easy for, to forget for sure. So don't. Okay. So what's, what is your worst travel experience, Josh? So um, when Auburn uh, surprisingly made the national championship in <laughs> and the game was to be played in 2014, we got our tickets right after Ohio State lost to Michigan State. And um, then we were kind of, or should we go, not, should we go, should we not? And so we waited too long. And so by the time we decided that we weren't going to sell our tickets and we're actually going to go, flights out of Birmingham were like $1,000, $1,200 a piece. Montgomery, Atlanta, everything was extremely expensive. So a friend of mine, at our old company said, did you check Nashville? No, oh, that's a great idea. So check Nashville, Nashville's half. All right, so 500 bucks, this is gonna be great. You know, we have like a two year old at the time. So this is just gonna be great time. Katie and me to just drive up to Nashville, just the two of us, nice conversation, all this stuff. We're driving up 65, I'm pretty sure the burn bowl's going on and I have a voicemail from Delta saying, when I get to Nashville, make sure I go directly to special services. So we get there and I wouldn't even think anything of it because we're flying from Nashville to LA, but I forgot that we were going to Detroit, but our plane was actually coming from JFK. And that's when that like nor'easter was happening. So special services finally get to the front of the line and I'm having to help the, the attendant with what airports are west of Nashville, Tennessee. Like that's how bad it is. So this is Friday night, the game isn't until Monday. So the, the best she could do for me was to get me a flight the next morning. So Saturday morning to Dallas. And then I would need to rent a car and drive 22 hours to LA to just barely be able to make kickoff if, if everything goes right. So we were. You mean you couldn't get a, a ride with the uh, with the with the polka game? Remember <laughs> Home Alone? <laughs> yes, Duncan was in the back seat. It was awesome. <laughs> so hotel. We come back the next morning, and Katie was like so upset that we weren't going to be able to go to this championship. So the, the gate attendant at another gate, I think it was like American or something for American, saw her so upset. So the story goes that she showed up early that day to find us a flight so we wouldn't have to drive 22 hours from Dallas to the national championship game. So she got us a flight from Nashville to Dallas, Dallas to Tucson, Tucson to Phoenix, and then we only had to drive seven hours to California. We made nationwide hopscotch. It's awesome. <laughs> exactly. So we made it about 24 hours after we were supposed to have gotten there. And then everybody knows how the national championship went down. Obviously. And so we get in the car and really all we wanted to do was go home the next morning. And we had a voicemail from American or whatever flight we were supposed to be on that our flight was canceled. And so we had to call to rebook and the voicemail said, we'll call in five or six hours. So we had to sleep with the phone in the bed to um, be told that we wouldn't be getting home until Friday. Oh, wow. Yeah, that didn't go over well with Miss Katie. So no, I would think so. We ended up getting, we ended up getting out on Tuesday or no Wednesday, I guess. So we ended up getting a day. We lost a day on the front end and gained a day on the back end. But yeah, it was quite a nightmare to get there. Yeah, I mean, you got to add like you got the three guarantees of. I mean, you got death taxes and you got you know travel inconveniences not going over well with the missus. <laughs> That's a guarantee. 
<laughs> no doubt. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a uh, almost a similar experience, except for mine was for work. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't for something fun, which I don't know that that experience ended up being fun for you now. Um, so you guys may or may not know, but I used to work for a Canadian company and I had to travel to Canada a lot because of, well, work, right? And, um, you know, keep in mind, this is riding on the rear end of, uh, of, of, of me having a, a, a recent trip to San Antonio, right? Okay. So, so, so this is, this is the picture I want to paint with you. I went to San Antonio with my in-laws. We all ended up sick and I had to drive home. And that wasn't my worst travel experience. Okay. Uh, that's, I don't, don't think I can paint you how bad of a picture this, this experience was. All right. So this is pre COVID, but it's not pre COVID like pre COVID COVID. It's like, we know what coronavirus is, but we're not calling it COVID yes. yet COVID. Right? Oh, yeah, so, so we're still in the coronavirus phase of COVID. Yeah, so I am in the Toronto airport. Every person that I see has a mask but me, all right? Now, here's the awesome part about this travel experience. I didn't have the worst travel experience out of anybody involved in the story. It was worse, and I'll explain that one in just a moment. But I was going to a little town called Moncton, New Brunswick. It's about 90,000 people up in the Maritimes. It's a cool city, but I go in, into the Toronto airport, right, which is customs for me. I'm, I'm landing in Canada, and they go, have you been to China in the last month? And I'm like, no, and that is a weird question to ask somebody. I'm just throwing that out there. If that's the only, like, it was no check mark, go. Like, we don't care anything else. You know, not, no, do you have anything that you shouldn't be bringing in? Why are you in Canada? None of that anymore. It was literally, have you been to China? No? Okay, you're good. Like, we're dropping every other protocol for this. And I'm like, that's weird. And then I sat down and I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's about that thing that they've been blab blabbing about on the news. Again, this was before I knew what was up, right? This was, mm. this was 2019. Well, here's the funny thing about it. I was sick. I, I, was, I was legitimately sick at this time. I knew it wasn't coronavirus. I knew it wasn't COVID because that wasn't a thing in the U.S. yet. But, but again, I was, I was sick. And that flight going there, because it was in the wintertime, it got delayed. I ended up getting to Moncton, New Brunswick at 12 a.m. Atlantic Standard Time. And I had to get up at 6 a.m. that morning to teach a class all week. Again, I'm sick. All week long I go, I'm feeling better by the time Friday rolls around and I have to leave. And I tell my class, I'm like, look, it's going to be a half day and we're done. Truth be told, it's a half half day because Andrew's got to get to the airport, right? Mm -hmm. I planned it that way. It's cool. Didn't cut them short or anything. No curriculum loss. Hey, they head out. I head out. I go to the airport. I sit down at the airport and I look over at the, the board. This is a small like airport. It's really small. They've got propeller airplanes landing in this air airport, right? Like they update the boards by hand. It's not electronic. There's one place to get a drink. You don't eat at this airport. That's and I realized my flight's not getting here until about the time I'm supposed to be catching my connecting flight. And it's the last flight out of Canada to Atlanta. And I'm like, oh, crap. So long story short, I, I get stuck in Canada. They at least let me have my bag. But with the, the, with the saying of, hey, you got to go through customs again in Toronto, right? So I have my bag. So I at least get to brush my teeth you know, wash my face, that sort of stuff. I got to stay in the Toronto airport. I'm thinking I'm stuck in Toronto for five, six hours. I'm going to go out, right? I'm going to have a good time this night. I'm not getting any sleep in the airport. There's a nightlife in Toronto. Let me go out. I go to leave the airport. I didn't make it through. You know how it's got the double sliding doors? Like you go through one set, then you go and there's another set. I made it through the first set and it was so cold. I just turned around and went back in. It was the coldest night in Toronto of that entire year. So I'm stuck. I'm stuck for eight hours. Finally, you know, the, the thing goes through, right? 
I, I'm going to get to my, um, my, my place in line to get on my plane, and the plane wasn't there. That flight wasn't the first flight that plane made that morning. And, and it comes in, finally, about two hours late, we all hop on board and they say, y'all got to get off the plane. The crap, the crap was frozen. Literally, they had to thaw the crap out of the plane. So we had mm -hmm. to get off the plane for them to thaw the crap out of the plane so that we could get on the plane two hours later. So now, not only am I like eight hours late, but it was two hours late. So now I'm ten hours late, and then and then it's two more hours to empty the crap out of the plane. I land in Atlanta, Georgia, at three p.m. when I was supposed to be there at eleven p.m. Okay, I land, and now I have a two-hour drive home, right? And it's Atlanta at three o'clock. So there's freaking traffic everywhere. And so I get stuck in traffic. Two hour drive takes me like four. I just, I like wasted my whole life for this stupid, stupid flight, right? And, and not only did I, was it slow going, it's slow coming back. But again, I didn't have the worst experience there. The worst experience was the people that flew from Atlanta at 6 a.m. to Toronto. You see, Air Canada had ran a Black Friday sale, and that flight was going to Toronto and then also going to Japan. Now, remember what I told you? Mm -hmm. While I was in Moncton, New Brunswick, guess who closed their borders? Japan. Japan. So all those people went there for tourist stuff. They literally closed their borders while they were there because they were all there for two weeks. And so I don't know if any of them came back. I, I did actually recognize one of the guys on the flight. He used to work at the Books A Million in Trustful. I've never seen him since then. Never seen him at the Books A Million. I frequent there a lot. Never seen him since then. So it's my belief in my mind he's still stuck in Japan. I wouldn't verify. I wouldn't swear to it, but I'm almost certain he is. Uh, so what that's you're telling me? Drew is that was basically the real life manifest flight. It was, it was. There was me going to Moncton, New Brunswick, <laughs> and then everyone else disappeared off the face of the earth. Was that that's what happened? Two eight, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's what happened. They they were never heard from again. They're now Japanese citizens. Well, maybe five years from now we'll hear from them. Yeah, maybe. I Shout don't know. Who knows? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to to the Books a Million Trustful one day and that guy's actually gonna be there and I'm gonna be like hey you were that guy you were that guy I never made myself known that I knew him from there it was one of those things like, like where did I know that guy from and while I was in Moncton I remembered <laughs> but but also knowing you I would have thought you would have made some T-shirts and, and marketed like something like crap freezes or something like that you know, <laughs> for, for your experience. I'm surprised you didn't make a T-shirt out of that. You know, I I, I, I don't know. I, I did, however, send lots of messages from Canada about the the uh, well. We'll keep it G-rated. The crapper being full. So, uh, little cousin Eddie for you. <laughs> so that was that was me that whole week. I did. I will say, Air Canada did give me a free meal out of it, and via their guidelines, they weren't late enough to actually have to give me money. But I still wasn't happy. That was the last time I've ever flown in a plane, too. So this Southwest trip that we were just talking about might be my next experience to overcompensate for Air Canada. Because I literally came back, and then um, I was off for a week. And then the next week was when the borders closed, period. Yep. So we weren't, we weren't flying anymore from COVID. So that was that, was that experience. And I haven't flown since then. So, so yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, that was crazy. All right. All right. Next up on our list, guys, let's segue. There's no perfect segue for this one. Anything that I could say right now would probably be offensive and borderline. So we'll just spit it right out. Concussions, guys, in the NFL. It's a problem. Let's talk about it. Uh, so, Josh, who, who all got concussed this week? I, I can't keep it up. Well, um, no one talked about Derwin James, right? Lit up 
what's his name? Ashton Dillon or something like that. Yeah. Junior. For the Colts. Right. Uh, of course, he received from that hit. Uh, not sure why they didn't say Derwin James didn't, because he was completely knocked out like a UFC fighter. They're finally saying oh, that today. Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah, okay. Finally. But <laughs> the big one is Tua, right? This is now the third time more than likely that he's gotten a concussion. Uh, obviously, we know about the one that wasn't seen against the Bills earlier in the season where couldn't even run to the line late in the second quarter and the entire game. And then, of course, we all know about the Bengals game where I'd never seen anyone's fingers curl up like that unless they had been broken. Yes, um, that's something that happens when you receive a concussion. But then this game just completely blows my mind because as we were talking about in pregame, I'm almost positive that there is a spotter in every stadium, and their only job is to to the ref say that someone has. And for that to be missed now, for the second time in Hard Rock Hotel Stadium, is a bit concerning. Not to mention all of the other transgressions that the Dolphins have uh, gone through, you know, all the issues, losing draft picks, all that. Something, Something's weird there that they really wanted to make Teddy Bridgewater wasn't going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy because obviously we knew how serious it was with Tua in the Bengals game. I mean, the whole world saw how it was with, with Buffalo. I mean, to the point where you got a doctor that lost his job because of it, right? Okay. So you would think that you're erring on the side of caution to an extreme level, but you still get to a place in this season where this happens again to the same person. Right. It's just like, I mean, what are we doing? You know, yeah. and – and it's kind of one of my soapboxes for the NFL right now is so we've we've gotten ourselves to the point where we want to fix the way people hit people, right? Like you, you can't leave with the helmet, can't be forcible contact above the neck. I mean, so we've literally changed the game, but we've left out the most important thing, which is tending to the people that get concussions. Isn't that really the, the, the objective? I mean, it's football for one. You're not going to be able to take out people getting concussions. I mean, we've been told it's literally like a small car accident every single play with the collisions. Right. So you're not going to take that. Out. So it's like we, we're, we're, we're trying to – we're literally trying to, to make the game more safe by taking out hits, which some of the hits, let's just be honest, it's, it's football. It's going to happen. So my whole thing now is, isn't it the objective to take care of the athlete so they don't, like, die from a concussion or so we don't have this rampant problem called CTE after their careers are over? Exactly. You know, so we, we change the way people get hit, but we're not changing the way we deal with people who got hit. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, nowadays – who was it? The uh, the Bosa brother for the Chargers. I can never. I can. Never... Oh yeah, Nick. Joey. 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 Yeah. For him. Yeah. He sacked. Um, it may actually even been Tua in the game a few weeks ago, Sunday night, and he sacked him. And as he was going down, he went like this, like released his arms mm -hmm. to not drive to it into the ground and they called roughing the passer. So to your point, Rod, they're, they're like, if you breathe on a quarterback, mm -hmm. they're for a, a late hit or unnecessary roughness, roughing the passer. But to your point, when these guys, I mean, look at the, the Patriots game a couple weeks ago when um, Nelson Algalore literally had to pretend like he was hurt so that people come onto the field Devontae Parker, who was on the field, and they weren't going to stop the game. I mean, it's amazing. 
Hey, we got. We're more concerned about making sure that the the, the hit was 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 below the neck instead of this guy's like out. Exactly. When his head just hit the ground and there was nothing nothing blatant or dirty, no. but yeah, let's tend to that. <laughs> so you're a coach, right? You got it. You you've got to address this. How how do you address it? I mean, my logical my logical methodology is going to be I can't, you know, and I don't know. We're at the NFL level. I don't know that this is possible. It is a Pee Wee level, maybe, but you know, the NFL it's a little difficult because you got that that one guy, right? You know, is it that we we start seeing a sub at quarterback? You know, three three players. He's out of a drive. You've got a you've got a different guy at quarterback. You know, is that what you have to do? Do you have to take him out so he's not getting hit? You know, uh, he's getting hit five less times a game. You know, and then what what do you do about wide receivers? You know, I don't know that that's the answer. I, I really don't. I don't know that it's even possible. But what do you guys think the answer is to to make it less likely that a Tua gets concussed? Well, have you heard? what the Pro Bowl is going to be about, you know, because there's not going to be a Pro Bowl game anymore. What? There's going to be a two-hand touch game, and there's going to be a lot of plugs for two-hand touch for kids. So who knows, 15 years from now, maybe playing two-hand touch out there. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just crazy because one of my football games, you know, I don't really think there's a necessarily a real answer to there being less concussions in football just simply because it's football, right? Now, obviously, I do think that you've got to teach people how to hit properly so we're not just, you know, leading, you know, with the head and, you know, you've got, you know, people getting paralyzed or you yourself hitting people getting paralyzed and maybe that minimizes concussions to a small degree. But I'm a football player myself, and it's one of those type of things where it's that's going to happen just because it's the nature of the game. But the most important thing that the NFL has consistently not done over time, as is uh, evident with all of the lawsuits that span probably 50-plus years now, is take care of athletes when they do get concussions. Not smelling salt, not, you know, well, his back was hurting, and that's why he's wobbly or not, you know, uh, sending him into the injury tent and shooting him up and then bringing him back out on the field. He doesn't feel pain, but the concussion's still there, you know? I mean, let's stop doing that. Let's actually, the minute it happens, let's take care of the athlete. Let's not say, okay, now that you passed the test, get back on the field, or this week he's good, so let's get back. Let's actually take, you know, the whether it's neurologist whatever we need to do to continue to evaluate them. And the NFL has to invest in that. So the, I think the problem is we're not taking care of the athletes. And so this is why, because once you get the first concussion, you're, you're like way more prone to it from then on. I mean, just ask Steve Young, just ask Troy Aikman, any of these guys. So, I mean, if there had been somebody taking care of them along the way better with that, it could have prolonged some careers there. Or it could be the case where they're not like, you know, 20 years later, they have a headache every night. Right. Yeah. I, if Tua hadn't self-reported, he'd be out playing the New England Patriots on Sunday. That is correct. Fully, fully agree. Yeah, I have to think that a little bit of this responsibility is kind of like in the WWE, right? You know, you have guys that, you know, once they see a chain of concussions, you know, your first concussion – you, you, you buy one concussion, you get the second one free, right? You get one, the other one's coming really quickly. Well, you get that second one, you're sitting out, right? You're out for a month. You're out for two months. I, I don't know what the WWE's protocol is, but, you know, I know I think back to the, the, the concussion kid, Brian Danielson, you know, he, he was out of wrestling for, good Lord, like five years. It was forced or something. Fire, yeah. basically. It was, and it was all because, like, you know, the doctors were like, "Hey, you're just gonna, you're gonna get a concussion out there again," and then finally, they let him back in. You know, of course, the WWE to come back in at an old age is, is different, right? You can sit on the bench for five years there. You can't do that in the NFL. 
you know, at this point, I would have to think that, you know, I love Tua. I like him. I, you know, I like the guy, but he's got to retire, right? If this, if this is going to be your life, you got three concussions in one season, guy. You're going to be, you know, like in bad shape, you know, in, in next year, in another year, you know, and God forbid something crazy happened. You know, and he ends up on the news like some of the WWE guys who can't be named anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that's the last thing that you want. You know, and that's the kind of stuff that you don't you don't see, right? And, we, and you, you're going to have to create those protocols where you say, "Hey, Tua, you, you had you had three in one year. You got to retire. You can't do this anymore." Or even at the most basic level, right now, there's no scenario where he should come back this season. No. No. Absolutely scenario. not. None. Yeah, Booger McFarland said definitely what you said, Rod, and then they really should talk about whether or not he should continue his career. It's, it's really that bad, and they need to stop thinking of these men like athletes and think of them like human beings. Your dash is only so long, right? And you want to make sure that the time that you have outside of football, which is hopefully going to be a lot longer than the time you had in football, you're able to be a productive citizen, you know, right. not have suicidal tendencies and the, the CTE like you talked about. Because, I mean, who knew that Junior Seau had CTE? Like, he was one of the first people that I remembered, like, wow, I grew up watching that guy, and now he's gone. Mm -hmm. We'll even look at other sports like boxing. You know, we saw Muhammad Ali degenerate, you know, immediately. I mean, and, and, you know, there is a big difference between, you know, having a punch each other in the face contest and, you know, getting hit occasionally in the NFL, right? You know, to the to your point earlier, we've seen, seen some guys get knocked out, like UFC fighters, but it's not you're doing that every single night. Um, so, so I, you know, I, I question, you know, what – what you do, what your protocol is, you know, but I do think that, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta win it with people, right? You gotta sit there and say, okay, we got, we, we don't have a Tua, but we got two guys beneath him. We got another guy on the practice squad, you know, let's, let's give them a chance. Um, because, you know, if you, if you standardize the process, I think if you standardize the process, everybody's going to have to stick to the process. So, you know, we know about the concussions at the skill positions. We don't know about the one, you know, the defensive end that's getting concussed out there because he did hit wrong, you know, or the, or the, you know, center that got a concussion, but he was good enough to be able to snap the ball. You know, we know about two because he threw, you know, three interceptions, right? Or was it four? Can't remember. In the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yep. So, so, I mean, you know, there's other stuff happening out there, and it's you only get one brain, right? That's that's it. You got to take care of it. And, and as far as the NFL goes, we we know about Tom Brady, but that's like once in a lifetime somebody that gets to walk away, like after they win a Super Bowl or something like that. The majority of NFL players, at the point that you can no longer physically compete, is, is outside of just getting cut for performance. That's the reason you go away. Right. That's the reason that you have to stop playing. And that could be after one year or that could be after 20 years. But it's typically or centered around you are physically no longer able to compete. Right. And so to you, to you guys point, he's probably reached that, that point. And what, All right, guys. What's so sad for, for him is he was about to get paid. Yeah. You know, he's still in his rookie contract, and Tyreek Hill obviously went there saying he's the most accurate quarterback, and he started out as the most accurate quarterback, most yards, most touchdowns, all this stuff. And he was about to get paid, you know, a lot like Isaiah Thomas, right? And Isaiah Thomas had a hip issue, and now he's obviously can't even make an NBA team. And now here's the same thing with Tua. He may have to walk away from the game, before he actually got to get out of that rookie contract. And the saddest part is he had the exact same trajectory at Alabama. That's right. That's exactly right. All right, guys, we got to shift gears for a second. We're running out of time. We're being timed tonight. We're running out of time. Um, Josh, you came up with the, the name of this next segment. What's the name of the next segment? 
I thought long and hard about a name for this next segment, and I came with the segment being called, called Trivia, because that, that's what it is. Okay. It's trivia, because that's what it is. Yeah. All right. So I, Viewers out there, we, we have some trivia, because that's what it is. That's right. If you're listening to us live right now, give us give us a comment so we know you're out. So my trivia question that only Rod Bradley has ever gotten right is this. And then I have a second one that only Rod Bradley has ever gotten correct as well. All right. So the first one is this. James Harden had 21 assists. I believe that was on Friday night against the Los Angeles Clippers. Mm -hmm. And as I was watching that game, I was like, I wonder how many people are watching this game right now wondering, man, is that a record? 21 assists in one single game? But I, I was not one of those people because I, I know that there is a player that once had 30 assists in a single basketball game in the National Basketball Association. Can you name that person? All right, we got somebody else joining, so we'll see it. We'll see if they they can name them. Um, Hunter Hayes. I will. I will admit I got this one wrong. I did, but it's not fair that you say Rod is the only person to ever get these the second question correct because I would have got it right. Had you asked me, but you didn't, so it it is what it is. But it's probably for a different reason than Rod Bradley got it right. I don't know. Maybe maybe not because Rod, you've lived in Birmingham your whole life, right? No, no. I've I've lived in Birmingham for the past nineteen years. So before that, I was Montgomery. So it's Alabama. So I mean, it's still the same. It's Alabama, right? Yeah, but there was there was a big deal with, it, with ties to Birmingham specifically. Yes, yes. So, but for the for the second one, right? Which you go ahead and and, uh, and and give him the second one. I did see uh, Rondo come up here as as one of the guests. Yes, and that reminds me, guys. Obviously, we all have access to this information at our fingertips, but let's not cheat. Right. Let's really give it some significant thought. And uh, like I said, I'll announce who the um, player was. I don't even want to say position. Right. Who that player was at the end of our show. But Rajan Rondo is not correct, Hunter. But feel free to guess as much as you'd like. I'll at least give him a hand. It's a little bit before his time. A little bit before. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And they hold a third place to uh, Mr. Crago. So that's the only hints I'll give. <laughs> the second trivia question is this. Michael Jordan wore three jersey numbers as a member of the Chicago Bulls. I'm not talking about the Olympics. I'm talking about he played with three different jerseys as a member of the Chicago Bulls. Name what three numbers those were I wait guesses here we gotta get we got have to get some some guesses on this for sure right because there are a couple couple gimmies at least one gimme well yeah there's an obvious gimme there's the obvious gimme but but no the reason so michael jordan growing up for me was like you know like you you just you you could touch him right because i lived in birmingham at the time that he played for the barons yep. so there was nothing greater than michael jordan in my life at that point in time i was a bulls fan you know michael jordan was i, I mean like he was the pope at that point in my life like i will put him on that pedestal given i'm protestant not catholic so that probably shouldn't offend any catholic people out there because i don't really know what the pope does but that's how important Michael Jordan was in my eyes. So I only knew because of the reason that I knew. <laughs> <laughs> because I lived that life. Like, you know. That's right. 
I mean, the bottom line, the 90s, like, say, early 90s to late 90s, let's just say all the yeah. 90s. NBC basketball, you know, at 1230 in the Eastern time zone, I guess 1130 here, that seems really early for that kind of basketball. But, um, like, it was appointment television. We didn't have DVR. On NBC. You're not going to set your VCR to record that. You're going to sit there and watch John Starks and Anthony Mason, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Patrick Ewing, the microwave, Benny Johnson. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And I just wish we had that today. But now we just have a bunch of guys that score a lot of points and don't play any defense. And, you know, the beauty of NBA on NBC was it literally transitioned right off the Super Bowl. So, like, every Sunday, you got the best matchup right. on, on NBC. Right. right. Van Gundy holding uh, Alonzo Mourning's shoelaces or, you know, holding them around to, <laughs> to stop the fight. It, it, it was a customary thing. The, the, the Heat Knicks had that customary brawl, like, every quarter. Okay. Okay, guys. We got to save that for the next podcast. All right. Best – not NBA. We're not going to go NBA specific. We're going to go best non-fighting sport fight. How about that? Okay. So, so, so we're not we're not talking any Floyd Mayweather here. We're going to be talking about the fights <laughs> for the sports that weren't supposed to have fights in them. That'll be that's the key. So ponder on that for a week or two, depending on when we can get to it. Who knows what may happen in sporting news this week. We will get to the answers, though, for those tuning in to our our sports, uh, our, our trivia. It's not sports trivia. It's just trivia. Just happens. Because that's what it is. Today. Yeah, it's sports today. Tomorrow, who knows what it that's might right. be. All right. We're going to talk about – I mean, going into fights, right, I can only think of, of temper tantrums and other meltdowns like what's happening in the NFL. Um, you know what? Right, we'll start with Rod on this one. Rod, what is your favorite NFL meltdown that we're currently witnessing as we speak in real time? My favorite meltdown. I think I can't really say it was a favorite. Are you talking about from this weekend? Because there were a ton of them. <laughs> hey, I, it could be from this season or this specific weekend. We can't we can't talk about the Colts game two weeks ago. That one's out. That wasn't a meltdown. We just know they're over. They're done. I mean, yeah, yeah, they 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 are totally done. I mean, I kind of expected Arizona to melt down the other day, lose a ten point lead late in the game. I mean, it was, and sure enough, as bad as it's been for Tampa Bay. They've been the, the beneficiary of, of like two just epic meltdowns because the Saints game sixteen to three with like a couple of minutes left and you win that game too. So it's it's kind of one of those things where what are they seven and eight as a record right now? Mm-hmm. So they're in the driver's seat with a losing record to win their division, and it took them being the beneficiary of two meltdowns to even get to this point. So it's like. We're not even talking about Super Bowls this year for Tom Brady. We're talking about Tom Brady magic is figuring out a way to beat a team with a losing record at the end of the game, being down by double digits. So that's five hundred. That's what Tom Brady magic is this this season. That's the bar that has been set for him. So, so I guess that's my favorite meltdown is is in reverse. It's not the team that melted down. It's the fact that Tampa Bay has had to benefit from two of those like terrible meltdowns just to be in this spot that they're in. And if the playoffs started today, Rod, who would the Tampa Bay Bucks be hosting? They would be hosting the Dallas Cowboys, which again, at some point the NBA decided to fix this. When is the NFL going to do it? <laughs> oh man. That will be hilarious if Brady knocks out the mighty Dallas Cowboys that are, what, 12 and 4? <laughs> Look, there's yeah. no way that that will happen. No way that the Cowboys would lose that game. Are you? No way. Are saying that there's no way the Cowboys can figure out how to screw up in the playoffs? 
No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they're not losing that game. I do love the fact that, that Jerry Jones Cowboys could very well not have a home game this season. I think that's hilarious in and of itself. But I do believe in the Cowboys. I do think they're a good team. For a wild card team. Yes, definitely. All right, Josh, what's your favorite meltdown? All right. Well, it was going to be easy for me, but then we found out about the potential concussion. But I'm still going to stick with the Miami Dolphins. Do you remember when they, last week, two weeks ago, when they were going to be going to Buffalo and McDaniel wore that shirt that said, we want it to be colder or something like that? Mm -hmm. Well, the Dolphins can't get any colder than they were in the month of December, right? Oh, and four in the month of December. And now they have to go to Foxborough with, with Teddy Bridgewater with a hot New England Patriot team. I really don't think the Dolphins are going to get into the playoffs. You heard it here first. That take sounded like a haymaker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to see it happen. You know, I really like this McDaniel coach. I think he's he's pretty smart. I understand he came from a team on the West Coast that Drew may know well. Um, oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, colossal. Because they were, what, eight and two? Or eight. Three or something like that at one point, yeah. Yeah, eight and three. That's what they were, eight and three. And now they're eight and seven limping into Foxborough. Wait. Look, I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. Your record after you play the 49ers is going to be terrible. The defense is too stifling, and that's that was the Dolphins' downfall. You had a red-hot Dolphins versus a red-hot 49ers, and, uh, well – you know, it happens. I mean, because Tua got injured at the end of that game. He was pulled early. Um, not, you know, concussion. I mean, I don't think, right? Because uh, we don't know on that. But, uh, but yeah, the, between them and then the Chargers getting to recover uh, for a week and a loss, but still recover for a week and uh, that game. Yeah, they're basically – Miami right now is kind of like uh, Green Bay in December, right? Green Bay in December never loses – Except for the opposite. Miami doesn't win, apparently, in December. Um, but it's tragic because I was hoping for good things for Miami. I really was. Um, although it was kind of exciting because my brother, you know, is a, is a Dolphins fan. My son, I've shared, is a Packers fan. They got to watch it on Christmas Day together. Um, one of them got mad, and it wasn't my son. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. So, so that, was a, that was a fun Christmas experience. But, uh, but, yeah, let's talk about my favorite meltdown here, the Bucking Broncos, Russell Wilson. You know, as a, as a 49ers fan, I've hated the, for, the, the, the Seahawks forever. So, you know, <laughs> you know, honestly, Malcolm Butler is one of my favorite players, and he played for the Patriots. And you don't know how I feel about them, right? You know, I mean, you, you got to love it, right? You got to love that interception, and uh, you, you got to love – what's that? Was it South Alabama or West Alabama? West Alabama. Livingston, yeah. Yes, it was West. Yep, Alabama boy. So, I, um, I, I've i loved the implosion of the Denver Broncos because they had a new coach, untested waters. They weren't good last season. They thought they'd hire Russell Wilson, and it would just solve all their problems. And we find out that Pete Carroll might just be one of the greatest coaches to ever live, apparently, and it wasn't actually Russell Wilson. Um who, by the way, has now officially got as many touchdowns as bathrooms in his house. Um, so if, you, if you've seen the quote on NFL memes, I don't think Hackett actually said that. Um, but there's a guy on TikTok. I'll, I'll hopefully uh, edit this part out and give him some credit. He's been tracking since like week four or week six of – the over-under of bathrooms versus touchdown passes from Russell Wilson. And uh, this week, we're now at a tie. I saw his uh, 
So is TikTok today. He, he strongly believes that Russell Wilson may now actually uh, have more touchdown passes than bathrooms in his house, but the jury's still out since they're tied at 12 with only two games left. So hopefully a 16 to get there. Yeah. Ho hopefully a healthy, healthy Russell Wilson will actually throw more touchdown passes than bathrooms. Um, did you guys get to see the, uh, the tweet from, um, I don't know the guy's name. Hey, this is bad of me, but he's plays on the Rams. He's the punter for the Rams. He tweeted out his thanks to Baker Mayfield for letting him have Christmas day off, uh, because the punter did not actually walk onto the field for the Rams this Sunday. Um, it's the first game he has ever missed, but but not really missed. I mean, he was there. I guess he's still got a paycheck. I don't know how punters' salaries work, but but he was there and active. He just didn't have to play. When you you know score that many touchdowns, it just kind of gets. It was very reminiscent to the 49ers beating Tom Brady and then switching over to the Seahawks game. That's what it kind of reminded me of, except for it was Christmas Day and we didn't have another game to turn it on. Right, the Broncos just got to. Just got to get beat in prime time. You know, the irony of what you just said is everybody's happy if the punter never has to punt. <laughs> it, it's it's true. If you're if if you're a fan of the I'm team, that guy on any team that you just you don't want to see them have to do their job, right? If that's your that's right, that's right. I know, but but do you? Do you realize a punter is more likely to get drafted from college than a kicker is? Pretty crazy. Yeah, because a kicker actually scores points. A punter is is literally, like you said, the one guy that they don't want. So it's a very, very unique skill set, I guess. Well, but then you get a kicker that lasts for like 25 years now. That's true. You don't have to draft yeah. them. I said that this Sunday. I said there's no reason that a uh, football team should have a, a a kicker that is is younger than your quarterback. I mean, as long as he doesn't have a grandkid, he's probably good enough to kick each week. Right. Well, I don't know. I would have to think that Morton Anderson probably had grandkids while he was still kicking. That's a good point. I, I would I would have to Google that. I don't know when he had children. Yeah, that's what we have to know. Has anyone ever played in the NFL and had grandkids? <laughs> if Tom Brady figures out a way that lasts for like five more years, he might be there. Maybe. You know, Robbie Gold's only like what two years younger than Brady, so he could. Yeah. It still blows my mind that there's an Asante Samuel Jr who's a shutdown corner with the Chargers when Asante Samuel was probably still in junior high when I was at UCF, you know? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's worse than Snoop Dogg's son, right? <laughs> like, like, at least Snoop Dogg had a career by the time I heard of him, you know? You know, he had that career before the kid, but that guy graduated college and has a kid and and i'm sitting here hosting a podcast <laughs> with lots of listeners <laughs> right right <laughs> to the millions and millions everybody likes to watch it after the fact you know it's kind of late in the eastern time zone that's where the majority of our listeners come from <laughs> so, so I was, I was, I was actually uh, a little concerned last. Our first podcast was swimming. Like I don't know if you guys noticed, but like right after we were done, it just got tons of views. And I was like, "What is this?" And then our second one, we ended it, and I was like, "What?" It's the difference between doing this on Monday and Tuesdays. And so this is a Tuesday night one. Hopefully. It is Tuesday, right? It is. I've been off work for, for so long, I don't remember my days of the week anymore. So.
All right, you guys. We is it time covered our topics? It's time to announce the answers. I yeah, think it so is. Prego. That first trivia question about the assist, it holds a place dear to your heart. You want to tell the you want to tell our viewers and listeners the answer. Absolutely. So that would be a point guard that was actually on the inaugural Orlando Magic basketball team in 1989. I'd have to look back to see when this actually happened, but Scott Skiles had 30 assists in a single game. Yeah, in fact, it was, uh, it was in 1990. 1990. Yeah. Because that team and that year kind of has something to do with the answer to our second question. That is very true, indeed. Season, in fact. Exactly right. That's exactly right. So the second question was, what were the three numbers that Michael Jordan wore to play basketball for the Chicago Bulls? The first one was obviously 23. Drew, what was the second one? So in, in actual order or? Yeah. No, you're Birmingham Bears. So, so. So, so the actual order would have been 12, right? Mm-hmm. No. So 45 came first? No. No, no, no. No, it didn't. <laughs> 20 came first. came first. Oh, yeah. We all just said 23. I'm saying it was 23, 12, then 45, right? 12 and 45. Correct. Yeah. Correct. He won well, Valentine's Day 1990 against the Magic, which that season, you know, like we said, goes back to Scott Skiles having the 30 assist in that season. So that was crazy. But and he scored like 45, four, no, he scored like 49 points with number 12 on because his jersey was stolen out of the locker room. That's why so, he had to wear 12. The funny thing is, here's, here's the actual truth behind the only reason why I know that. And that is because um, I would say it was probably Birmingham News. I would have to verify that. It might have been another, like, Birmingham Post-Herald or some, you know, terrible – news source, you know, and, you know, lesser news source in Birmingham that actually had a picture of him wearing that jersey kind of like um, as a stock photo, so to speak, and ran it while he was playing at the Barons, like things that you probably would never know about Michael Jordan, right? And ran that picture of him in the paper and, like, people were, like, you know, like, letters to the editor, like, this is wrong. He's never done this and, and everything like that. And and that's seriously the only reason I knew that that was a thing. I haven't thought about that fact in probably, God, when was the, when was he at the Barons? Like, the Barons was uh, 93 through 94. Early 95. Yeah, I don't think he played in '95 though. No, that's right. He didn't play in '95. He had, he he came back in March of '95 to the. Bulls. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Was he didn't even make spring training that year that's that he was planning on going back. But um, but yeah, like it would have been some time in there that that mess was shown, and it's just like it was. It was befuddling, and uh, I don't know that I ever actually got the uh, the full answer to the fact that his jersey was stolen or anything like that as to why mm -hmm. you know because we didn't have the internet back then we couldn't just google it no and why will that be history that can never be forgotten a 1989-90 hoops card of sam vincent where michael jordan can be seen wearing that number 12 jersey mm. Interesting. Very. So with that, Drew. Back. No, sir. No, sir. I don't do the sign-offs. I think I think this is coming to you, Josh. That's you did right. it so eloquently. Look, look, here's what I want to do. I'm doing this. I'm being serious this time. I'm not messing this up. All right? You're going to give us this beautiful 
tear jerking, just hit you, punch you in the gut sign off. Like only Josh Crago can do the most poetic sign off ever. And then I'm going to hit, hit the finish button. And that's going to be the last thing on this broadcast spoken. All right. So we appreciate all two people that I saw uh, watch us today live. Oh, three. Okay. I missed one. Um, you know, y'all are going to be able to say to your grandkids when, when you get old that you were one of the only people to ever see the Culture of Splife podcast. And now there are millions of viewers worldwide. Look at that. We just another one, Jason Mammon. Welcome to the program, brother. So just keep in mind how important you are. You may think right now that you're just watching a bunch of bumbling idiots, but just remember that you are a part of history here, just like Michael Jordan wearing the number 12 jersey against the Orlando Magic.